The Hawaii Sports Radio Network on 95.1 FM and AM 760 presents Wake Up in the Dead with Kubale Ogbayani. Good morning, BEA beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den. I'm Kule Ugbayani alongside Paul Brecht. Just made it here on time to welcome all of you this morning. Happy Wednesday. Happy Manawahine Wednesday, of course. Uh, hope everyone is um, having a, a decent day outside on the road. So we, as we say on this show, just Continue to show each other aloha. Uh, I texted Paul this morning. I thought we were going to be a little late because where I live, it was traffic that never, ever happens the way that it does. So I was like, OK, this is I might actually be late this morning because this is not something that ever happens. Uh, when I've got in, though, uh, as happens when traffic gets kind of funky, you know, you never you always don't want to like think the worst, but it tends to happen. So there is or there was an accident uh, that closed uh, all westbound lanes uh, on Alamoana Boulevard by Queen Street. So that's kind of where I got stuck. Um, but it says that three Kupuna were sent to the hospital after the crash. So we just hope that they're going to be OK. And because of that, you know, just be patient out there, everybody. Uh, for all of maybe you bosses out there, show some grace with anyone that's uh, coming in late today. But please uh, drive safe. I know the roads are a little wet out, out there. So. But we're here. We made it. Paul and I made it. So <laughs> nothing but cheery in this studio, bringing the positive vibes only. And now that, you know, it's a little more understanding of the craziness that was going on on the roads this morning. So, again, just show, show everybody aloha and be patient. Just be nice. Be kind. Yeah. Don't need to don't need to be beeping or yelling at people <laughs> like moped riders. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I never get beeped at. Which is very, very nice. Um, you don't see your friend anymore at that light that used to honk at you? I will, I will fight him. I'll fight him. <laughs> I actually, I've never, I haven't, you seen, haven't him seen him in, a while. in like six months. So my hope is he moved off island, personally. <laughs> my ri- my uh, personal yeah, rival. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, since it's Manawahine Wednesday, I did get a chance to catch up with Savannah Ryer. It's funny because when uh, we had her chat I'm like well this is probably one of the longest intros I ever had to do because she's held so many titles here in Hawaii and then now she has recently moved on to a new uh, job at USC for the USC football program so Savannah and I had a really really good chat the other day and I'm excited to yeah get you guys caught up with everything that she's been doing but we'll uh, hear from her in the next segment of the show and yeah it's just I just I'm so happy for everything that has happened to her. And I I shared a snippet and a message to all of the fans here in Hawaii from Savannah. And somebody commented what I thought was really funny, how her closing was go Bows fight on. And she did, the, of course, the USC fight on stuff now. But you'll hear from her in just a little bit. All right. But first things first, there's a lot of action going on in the Twitter space, mainly because the NFL scouting combine is going on and I'm just like trying to slowly keep up with everything uh, and not just Caleb William news, obviously. So a lot of the top quarterbacks such as Caleb Williams won't actually participate in the on-field drills this time. They'll wait till the actual combine itself. But 
coming tomorrow, they'll have defensive linemen. Friday will be defensive backs and tight ends. Saturday would be the quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs day. And then Sunday are the offensive linemen. And you can watch it on NFL Network and stream on NFL+. Plus. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff, including one that I just saw come across the table where... Um, As it concerns Mr. Paul Breck's team, the Jets have given Zach Wilson's agent permission to seek a trade. No surprise, but that's one thing that's coming down. Uh, The uh, Jets GM Joe Douglas does confirm that that has happened, that they are like, hey, go ahead and and seek seek your options. But why not? He seemed very unhappy at that time. Praying that he has options. I, I just I think it's best for everybody involved to start anew. You know, I think Zach deserves another chance somewhere else where there's not some turmoil where he doesn't have multiple offensive coordinators in his first couple of years. Blah, 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 blah. He's not thrown into the fire after <laughs> after four snaps in a season. I think he deserves a second chance, but I also think that it's very clear that this reg- regime, especially for the Jets, they don't have time to to sit and develop another quarterback. It, next year is about winning. So flip him, get a draft choice, grab somebody to help win next year. And that's that's the way that it goes. And at the end of the day, that's kind of the business. You'll see a lot of different uh, reports along those lines of like mm-hmm. uh, Russell Wilson's um, group has been able to uh, not not seek out a trade, but... but to have some back channel yeah. uh, conversations and even there is not not really And Sean Payton didn't shy away from no. that when he was on the podium. So. And that's what makes the Combine fun. Anytime that we get a lot of NFL people together, mm-hmm. you get a, a bunch of new information. We got a nice uh, soundbite or a nice you know, time to talk to Ryan Poles, the GM for the Bears there. And it's fun to kind of compare the tenor of his comments from last year to this year and how uh, how different they are when it comes to how much the Bears are considering trading away that number one overall pick. <laughs> yeah, like none. <laughs> yeah. I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday and even he's like, Caleb Williams going number one. I was like, yeah, there's no, yeah. you cannot mess this up. It's right there. I don't know. It's way, obviously way too early to tell. I've said this before. If he's going... To be like a Patrick Mahomes, but when you, the physical attributes and the way that he played in college are similar and you've seen what Patrick Mahomes has been able to do, there is no way that you give that up. Like even if and that's what Ryan Poles has said, like basically there has to be something significant, but there has been no serious talks to trade away that number one pick. It wouldn't well, it, because even then, if you know, even if you got a bunch of picks, you're still sacrificing a f- potential franchise quarterback that is feels like for the Bears especially has been impossible to come by. They have not had this franchise quarterback. Yes, they've made the Super Bowl somewhat quote unquote recently. It's been a while, but in my lifetime, they've made it. They lost to the Colts, but they've made it. And that was not with a franchise quarterback. It was because their defense was so awesome and they had a good running back and they had Devin Hester. Um, But other than that, like it was not a franchise quarterback that got them to that Super Bowl when they've been competitive. It's always been about their defense and everything around the quarterback. But clearly what we've seen recently, you need a franchise quarterback to win. And even if he is a Tom Brady who is on the last bit of his career, he's still one of the best quarterbacks. 
you know, Peyton Manning at the Broncos. He was still not in his prime, but he has the just knowledge of how to play the game. And then the Broncos had that amazing defense. You still need a really good quarterback under center to even remotely come close to winning the Super Bowl. And the Bears have just not had a franchise guy. So even if all the picks came your way, you would still sacrifice not getting a franchise quarterback. And that would pain me. So my thing, uh, because I I feel like a lot of times people throw out the Patrick Mahomes comparison like too much almost Mm -hmm. lately since Mahomes has come out and, you know, we heard it with Zach Wilson with the, you know, the it's the arm angles, what makes people say that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because you know where Ryan Poles was when Patrick Mahomes was drafted, Koo? He was in the Chiefs That's front office. Right. So if there is anybody who knows the draft evaluation process of one Patrick Mahomes and how that would compare to a Caleb Williams, who Cliff Kingsbury, who coached both, said it has an eerily similar vibe to Patrick Mahomes, it would be probably Orion Poles. As, so I just want to toss that out there. I also, thank you. Thank you. I also will put this out uh, via Ian Rappaport uh, of the NFL media conglomerate, LSU Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Jaden Daniels spent yesterday and today at the Combine meeting with teams such as the Bears, mm-hmm. Commanders, Vikings, Jets, Giants, Patriots, Raiders, Seahawks, and Saints. Ooh, so that's Jets. a fun. That's a fun little uh, group of teams. Jaden Daniels, uh, obviously a phenomenal year, former Arizona State quarterback who has developed nicely in the past couple. Mm-hmm. Um, curious to see where he does end up as well because there's been a lot of love. The highest I've seen him going is two. I don't think I've seen him sneak into that number one overall for the Bears, but you know, I, I've seen him at number two for the Commanders, and uh, I, I've seen him fall a bit, so I'm curious... I'm curious where he does end up because he is one of the more intriguing. He, I would argue he's probably the most intriguing of the top three quarterbacks of Drake May, Caleb Williams, and Jaden Daniels. Just in the matter of, uh, you don't know. Because he, he, more than anyone, has that dual threat ability. Oh, yeah. He puts himself in harm's way for big hits far, 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 far too often for my liking. But <laughs> Well, sometimes... I think it takes a year in the NFL and then you realize like, yeah, I probably shouldn't do this. It's that like guys hit a lot harder in the NFL than they did in college and they're a lot quicker and they get to me a lot faster. So uh, maybe he'll learn. Unfortunately, it might be the hard way, but maybe he'll learn. Also, uh, with some quarterback news, well, one, Raiders definitely not ruling out any option when it comes to their quarterback position. As you heard our Chaz Antai uh, say in the sports report that they are definitely uh, – Going forward with Devontae Adams, no talks of trading him away. Uh, The Cowboys, though, apparently want to extend quarterback Dak Prescott. So I feel bad because we when we talk about Justin Fields and Chicago and all of that stuff, and I always instantly compare, you don't want to give him an extension because look at Daniel Jones, blah, 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 blah. And I always forget I should probably mention Dak Prescott because when Dak Prescott got his massive contract, I'm like, that was so not worth it. But at the time, you're like, well, he's the best option that we've had. And we've seen he's been in situations where he has essentially costed Dallas 
some games. And so the fact that they are looking to extend him, <laughs> but some believe this is via The Athletic that the Cowboys should let Dak Prescott play out the final year of his contract, while that would cost Dallas $59.5 million against next season's salary cap. At least it's, you know, you get $30 million more in that cap next year. Uh, it would also allow the Cowboys to see if Prescott can have the postseason success before working out his next deal. And that scenario could mark the beginning of the end for the franchise quarterback in Dallas. I'm not sure what their cap situation is, but personally, and I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I do root for the Cowboys. Obviously, we have them on the station, but I also consider them kind of like my my second team just because I love the Emmett Smith, Deion Sanders point in history. I would say let it play out like you're not going to he's proven that it's like, all right, he's not exactly your hey, we want to hold on to him forever kind of guy. Uh, I'm curious how our Dallas Cowboys fans feel out there about das- Dak Prescott. When I talk to them, it feels kind of mixed. I feel like, uh, you know, Thomas Sheffield over at UH football is he's he's, he's OK with actually I think I see him later today. So I'm going to ask him personally, <laughs> are you going to extend <laughs> Dak Prescott's contract? But I personally feel like you just write it out again. I don't know off the top of my head their salary cap situation, but now they'll have a little bit of a padding with the $30 million that are is added. But this will be something that is interesting to watch during this offseason and maybe into next season. But they should just let it play out because do you sign him again with no proof that he can take you up the notch and get you back to Super Bowl glory? No, thank you. They're going to give him the extension like i'm, I'm just gonna tell you this they right are, now unfortunately They're gonna, they will give him the extension whether you guys like it or not um and it is for exactly the reason you said and it's salary cap purposes because an extension allows them to kind of reconfigure that nearly 60 million dollars that are on uh the books for this year and maybe spread that out a little bit further down the line it also while dak may not have proven it in the playoffs uh to the level or at all I guess but to the level that people would like to see he has also proven that he's a quality NFL quarterback and we've had this conversation before on this show where there's like 10 quality quarterbacks in the NFL right now so part that's part of the reason we see those contracts going way 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 up I will say Daniel Jones got a ringing endorsement uh, from Joe Shane, the GM of the Giants, at the Combine recently. So I don't know if that's all eyewash or not, but he did get a ringing endorsement. So it looks like the NFC East might be running it back with a few different quarterbacks next year. So Interesting. Good luck, good luck to each of them. <laughs> yeah. That's their call. <laughs> good luck to our AC Custodio, the lone Giants fan here at the Hawaii <laughs> Sports Radio Network. All right, last but not least, just a quick one, uh, keeping it with the quarterbacks where you know, 10 members of the Athletics College football staff, this is what they were mocking up for the quarterbacks. Uh, the first three to go, no surprise, USC's Caleb Williams to the Chicago Bears, North Carolina's Drake May, someone that Paul is very high on, to the Washington Commanders, and Jaden Daniels going to the New England Patriots. They also say a fourth quarterback goes to the Minnesota Vikings at number 11 in Michigan's J.J. McCarthy. 
Interesting. Feels like that's kind of where the draft momentum is moving. I like the trade for the Bears to go to three and take Marvin Harrison Jr. That's fair. I also like that because (laughs) anytime that the Patriots just aren't in position to get great players, I am happy. But But they would get Justin Fields. Like I said, great players. Whatever. You're like, "Mm, I'd rather have them risk it with Justin Fields than get Jaden Daniels. So I guess that's fair. Justin Fields, known commodity. (laughs) <laughs> Jaden Daniels could be the GOAT. I I just, I don't know. I am so scarred from these past <laughs> two decades. So it's, like, it's like, whatever, man. <laughs> I feel weird that like the NFC North is actually like Open. going to be somewhat competitive, like highly competitive. I mean, I'm not sure what the Viking situation will be, but for the most part, lines are going to be good. Though. Packers are on the way up. Bears should be good after this draft. Please, 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 please. And... <laughs> Sorry, Scott Robs. Vikings might be left out of the. But still, nonetheless, we'll for once, you don't already pencil in the Green Bay Packers as like, oh, they're going to win it again because the rest of the teams can't compete. Anywho, way past the clock. We can talk about this all the time, and we will. But we'll be right back to hear from Savannah Ryer next on Wake Up in the Den. Back to more Wake Up in the Den with Kukule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Welcome back to Wake Up in the Den, Kukule Agbayani and Paul Brecht. All right, we're talking a lot of football to open the show. Now just going to switch over ever so slightly. Uh, The other day I got a chance to catch up with Former University of Hawaii women's basketball player, former UH women's basketball director of player of player development, and former Hawaii football director of recruiting. Uh, but now she is the assistant director of recruiting operations. I think I got that right. <laughs> Over at for the USC Trojans football program. But here is my chat with Savannah Ryer. All right, you guys, this is going to be a really fun conversation because we haven't talked to her in a while. And uh, since the last time we had her on the show, she's had quite the career journey. Going to welcome in now former University of Hawaii basketball player turned former on the staff for the women's basketball team and then former director of recruiting for the UH football team. And now she is living in California as the assistant director of recruiting operations for USC. Excited to have her back, Savannah Ryer. Sav, how have you been? Well, thanks for having me back. Um, I've been really good. Obviously, a lot going on lately, but um, it's been a great transition and just super thankful for all the places that helped me get here, which shout out to my Hawaii fam. Love you guys. So talk about, uh, before we get into the job itself and the hiring process and whatnot. I mean, just personally, how has the move been, you know, finding housing, getting acclimated there? As we saw, you even have your child, aka your dog, Sunday, that's with you. Uh, Your other half also made the move with you. So how has that process been for you guys? Yeah, moving to LA was definitely a little bit overwhelming. I'm not going to lie. There's so many different areas within Los Angeles that you can choose. And so we had a lot of support, thankfully, from the staff here at USC to kind of help guide us in the right direction for what we were looking for right now. Um, So we spent two weeks in a hotel um, and then we were able to find a place. Um, 
and it's been great so far. Uh, we really love where we're at and just kind of um, the proximity to the campus and all of that because traffic in LA is a real thing. So figuring that out, um, but it's been really good, pretty smooth transition so far. And so what went into this decision? And I'm sure it's just been like a whirlwind for you already. And you're still very, very young, as people know, from Alabama coming all the way out to Hawaii. Loved it in Hawaii, obviously. Uh, continued your professional career here after your playing career ended. And what went into this the decision? And I'm sure it was very, very difficult to leave the University of Hawaii entirely and transition to somewhere like USC. Yeah, it was an extremely difficult decision. Um, I was really close with the staff as well as the boys on the team. So um, that made the decision even harder. And then, of course, the community and just the people and connections that I've made um, with the fans, with just everyone in the community that's backed me and given me so much. The decision was extremely hard. Um, I think for me right now in my career, this made sense to make this move just um, as far as working for USC, which is a, an incredible football brand. Um, and then I have a great boss. Her name's Annie Hansen. She's been in the game. Um, she was one of the first females in recruiting. And so for me to have um, that mentorship from another female in the industry that's been in it, she has worked at Oklahoma, North Carolina, all top elite level programs. And so for me, that was something I was looking for um, in my next step. And so it kind of just made sense um, career wise, but Hawaii will always be home. Um, so I hope everyone knows that I do. I, I miss it. But um, career wise, it's a great move and they've been nothing but good to me here. So I'm really thankful. And we definitely miss you here in Hawaii. But of course, when we saw that you posted and where you were going to, because as we've told everybody, we do have USC football here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network and men's basketball, which you guys were just at that game that uh, against UCLA. So that was really cool to see. But talk to us a little bit about what your current responsibilities are now as we are joined by Savannah Ryer, the Assistant Director of Recruiting Operations for USC football. Yeah, so my responsibilities are actually quite similar as far as just official visits, unofficial visits, um, events, game days, all of those things, the hosting and all the operations that go into that logistics. Um, that's kind of similar role. Um, being at USC, you have a larger staff to execute those things and it, you're hosting probably a good amount more people than we were able to at Hawaii just because of the travel and the being in LA, one of the biggest cities in the country, like there's recruits and PSAs that pop up all the time. So um, having a full staff to help kind of manage that. Um, it's similar, though, very, very similar role, which is nice because it's made the transition super easy. What has been maybe your I know it's you're still very, very new to the job, but what has been your favorite aside from your boss, as you mentioned earlier, but uh, what has been some of your your favorite things and maybe what has been some of the biggest challenges uh, with the move? Yeah, favorite things have just been I've already learned so much just um, in the past month of being here and being able to see it kind of at this level, um, the resources that you have, like being able to use those and be successful and um, just continuing to grow professionally. 
um, that's been super great. I think the biggest challenge was definitely just the moving aspect of it, like finding housing in LA. Um, there's lots of it, but just making that decision. And then I jumped into work, like, right. I flew in and then the next day I started working. Um, so making all of that happen with that type of move, um, was definitely a challenge, but I've gotten settled now, feel good. And so super excited to just keep going into the busy season of recruiting. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess this would be the best time to make that type of career change, at least in football specifically. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. So Hawaii just kind of finished their spring practice and had their spring game slash more of a glorified practice, which was very early considering when everyone starts. So uh, have you guys I mean, I know you mentioned before we started this interview that you guys do have some time off right now, but I'm assuming when you come back, you guys go straight into just the spring ball. Right. Yeah. We haven't started spring practice yet. We're still in what they call winter workouts. So we'll start here soon um, and kind of jump into it. But the we've been in a dead period for the NCAA. So we haven't been able to have recruits for most of the month of February. So we've kind of had a low key month of just getting prepped for all the events that are going to come down the pipe um, here soon, starting in March. So um, that's been nice to kind of get my feet under me and just get going in that sense, but it's been good. And we're joined by Savannah Ryer, the new assistant director of recruiting operations at USC. But of course, we've heard her name a lot, spent a lot of time here at the University of Hawaii. All right. As a former basketball player and now at USC, I do need to ask you the big question of what you think about the amazing freshman phenom that is Juju Watkins for the USC women's basketball squad. She's amazing. I got the chance to watch her play um, literally like my third day here and I was in awe. Um, it's amazing to see the support that the USC fans and community offer to not only football, but women's basketball and all the other sports. They have an incredible beach volleyball team um, and all the different sports that are so great. But watching Juju Watkins was pretty cool. I'm like, I'm kind of glad I'm done and don't have to play against her. <laughs> Oh, she's really good. And so to see that firsthand, it's it's awesome. Yeah. And just the environment itself. Like I said, you guys were at the USC UCLA men's basketball game, which must have been pretty fun as well, considering the rivalry that's there. Yeah, that was a sold out crowd at UCLA. And so I'm still learning the rivalry. I know it's fight on, fight on, fight on. Um, <laughs> but seeing that firsthand, my first event was actually USC UCLA men's basketball at home at our place. And then we went this past weekend to watch them play. Um, and it was great. We won at their place. So that was fun. Um, there weren't a ton of USC fans in there. It was blue, um, but it was great to watch the boys succeed and um, great for that coach to get a W there too. All right. Well, Sav, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but before we let you go, you know, just maybe what are some of the things that you do want to say to all of the fans back home here at the University of Hawaii, especially a lot of us that miss you already? Yeah, I'm just so grateful just for the opportunity to work, play there and be loved by you guys. So thank you for that. Um, I miss you guys, but I will be back soon, I'm sure, to visit and see everyone. So Love you guys so much. Very grateful for you. And um, go Bows, fight on. <laughs> I like the go Bows, fight on. I, I feel like that's what we do here at this station because 
we carry the football games and basketball games. So we're, we're, we're kind of similar in that. And I, I kind of mentioned to you before we jumped on that when you announced that you were going to USC, it was almost like a relief. Like, all right, we're 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 still part of the same sports family, considering that we have the USC coverage here on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. So it's all it's all good, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we're so close enough to I was like, this is at least the shortest flight I could have taken to go somewhere on the mainland. So that's good. All right. Well, we better let you go. But thank you so much for taking the time to catch up with us. And I'm, I'm happy we got to, yeah, just catch up with you and let everybody know how you've been doing since the move and going over to USC. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Go Bows fight on. <laughs> that was Savannah Ryer, uh, formerly with the University of Hawaii women's basketball program and the football program, and now uh, is the assistant director of recruiting operations for the USC football team. We got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back on Wake Up in the Den. You can't touch this. Wake Up in the Den with Kuule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sport Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. You can't touch this. Can't touch this. Welcome back to all of you, the beautifulest of all the beautiful people. It's Wake Up in the Den alongside Paul Brecht. I'm Kule Agbayani. <sighs> Mahalo for tuning in this and every weekday morning on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network or any of our programming. And that is why you guys are the beautifulest of all the beautiful people on this Manawahine Wednesday. The skies are clearing a little bit. The roads are drying up. So once again, show some aloha out there on the roads. It was a little crazy this morning. Um, but yes, continue to be beautiful. Mahalo again to Savannah Ryer for joining us um, to chat and we had like some fun conversations off of the recording. Uh, I did get a chance. I forgot to ask her on the recording. I had this like hit me maybe midway through our off recording chat. I asked her as a so she's from Alabama originally and her dad covers Alabama sports there. And if you by the way, if you guys want to get to know more about her and you missed it, we just a reminder, we do have our in-studio interview with her where we spent the entire hour and you can kind of get to know about her journey that brought her to the University of Hawaii. So you can check that out on our YouTube channel. It might be a ways down. So just click on the UH Athletics uh, playlist and you should be able to get that and, and learn a little bit more about Sav. But she's from Alabama. So I did get a chance to ask her about how the fans there um, feel about the new head coach. Oh, because it started because she was talking about how, you know, when she was contemplating taking the USC job and uh, SEC somewhat looks down on the Pac-12, you know, even though for a long time they're considered the power five, but SEC country is very much like it's the SEC is like the best ever. And then you have the Big Ten also, which we we know USC is going to be part of the Big Ten. But we're talking historically, it's Pac-12 was like, eh, you know, like they're, they were just like not even close to SEC. So we started talking about that. And then so I asked her, I was like, oh, so then how do Alabama fans feel about Kalen DeBoer being the new head coach to take over for the one and only Nick Saban, you know, being that he came from Washington, a Pac-12 school, and over to Alabama now. And she she's like, you know, honestly, it's Alabama ha- handled it the best way by making it seem like, and she's like, and it probably very much, he probably did have some say in the process, but for the most part, they did a good job 
of making it seem like this was essentially like Nick Saban's not decision, but that he backed it fully. He was there for the introductory press conference and everything. So it was easy for Alabama fans to get on board knowing that or feeling that, you know, they're <laughs> the guy that they love so much. Nick Saban was all on board he got with the blessing. This, yeah, with this new head coach, even though he came from the Pac-12, but a lot of the football fans too. Also, this was, she she did say Dan Lanning also would have been kind of the home run hire. Everyone knows that uh, yeah. he's been doing incredible things in Oregon. But the fact that obviously Kalen DeBoer had competed, you know, very well in the national championship game and did what he did. So for, yeah, so Alabama fans were very much on board with that hiring. But I thought that was cool to like ask somebody who's from there clearly obviously talks to her family a lot dad covers Alabama sports but because it's on another level right like when it comes to Alabama football we think us here in Hawaii Hawaii fans we love our Hawaii football but I mean Alabama is like they're on it's a religion there (laughs) pretty much like football is a religion in Alabama and you know what it's kind of cool to see yeah that's why when you get and you get the uh, the prophet in, in Nick Saban to to give his blessing to the next guy, and then then all of a sudden it's like, all right, we can we can calm <laughs> down a little bit. I think DeBoer is going to do a great job. I'm glad that Alabama fans were able to relax a little bit after, you know, Big Daddy Nick Saban was <laughs> able to tell them that it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it was cool just catching up with her separately and everything, and you know she talking more extensively about the move, contemplating two different places, whether to live kind of closer to where all like Lincoln Riley and a lot of the other coaches live. But she's like, she said it on the interview too, but like LA traffic is no joke. So she, they chose to live, you know, about 10 minutes away from campus instead of, I believe like 45 minutes, which would have taken like over an hour to get to USC. Yeah. So she's like, Let's just get a little bit closer because this is just not going to be fun waiting in traffic. And yeah, I'm and I'm sure Lincoln Riley probably has like a driver so he doesn't actually have to drive or something. You know, he's just As cruising. someone who has tossed plenty of expletives out on those uh, California and L.A. roads, uh, I, I cannot express enough how smart of a decision Savannah made. Oh, but no, we wish her all the best. Uh, and yeah, probably catch up with her again later on after the spring because as she said in there, she they're not even in spring ball. That's the part that I have to wrap my head around is like Hawaii started and finished their spring and all of these other schools haven't even started yet. So yeah. it'll be fun to see all of that start up. Like one, obviously we'll be talking a lot about the NFL and the NFL draft and then college football. You're going to have all of these spring practices and then the spring games that are nationally televised. And lo and behold, we have football again. And then baseball is starting, and it's just we're just rocking and a rolling. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. We got like a three week stretch where things chilled out for a second nationally, and we're back on track. Good. That's that's how we like it. It's how the beautiful people like it. That's that's what keeps us in business here. We want things going on, and man, are things going on all over the place, uh, especially here though in Hawaii. You know, we got a bunch of stuff. All right, we were talking about the NFL uh, scouting combine to open up the show, but something else that came across is that the NFL PA report card is always fun to look at every year where <laughs> the players essentially give ratings for the treatment of themselves and their families. Uh, so per the NFL report card, one of the interesting things is the players gave A ratings to the following teams for treatment of families, Vikings, 
Cowboys, Dolphins, 49ers. So that's pretty interesting. Uh, the players gave F ratings in the same category too. The Chargers, Buccaneers, Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, <laughs> Patriots, Commanders. No, no surprising from the Commanders, but I didn't know this was a possible grade. The Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, Commanders got F minuses. So that's like... That's some nasty work hating right there. And you know what? I can appreciate that. <laughs> like, So Chargers Bucks got Fs on treatment of families from the via the NFLPA report card and F minuses. Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, Commanders. Dang, the Bengals are kind of surprising. I thought they would have been better... Even the Steelers, because they they are historically a football organization. Um, Patriots, meh. I'm looking at these report cards for other things. For owners, the Chiefs got an F minus. That's interesting. Food cafeteria, the Eagles and the Dolphins got A's. The Bengals got an F minus. Uh, what other fun ones are in here? Commander's locker room was an F minus. Training staff for the Chiefs got an F. What? For a Super Bowl team, two Fs slash an F minus. This is uh, so weird. Is is terrifying almost. Training room, <laughs> the Dolphins got a number one and a nice picture of Tua on there. Strength coaches, F minus for the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, they, these are fun. I, I'm I say these are fun until I go look and I know that the Jeffs or the Jets are on there and I know the Jets are going to rank very lowly on all of it. So <laughs> I maybe maybe I'm going to leave it at that. It's fun when I look at the graphics on Instagram. And yeah, and you're like further. it's fun when it's you know you see the Patriots getting an F minus. Oh yeah, no, these categories. Great. You're I'm like that looks that. amazing. Uh, so for just the yeah the overall uh, the Dolphins. Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, bleh, <laughs> Eagles, and Jaguars rounded out the top five in terms of overall grades. So that feels about cool. right. Like in, in terms of teams that you don't hear, or at least this past year, didn't hear like a ton of overall turmoil off the field. Like, you know, surely the Dolphins and the, the Eagles, they had their stretches on the field where it was like, man, they can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. But. Everything else, like it seems that, you know, there's, they don't have thirty sourced, thirty different sources coming out to talk about their franchise yeah. in the off season. That's for sure. This is so weird that overall, so the commanders again, no surprise. Commanders overall, gotta be the worst, right? Received the lowest grade. Yeah, but overall, the Chiefs received the second lowest. They ranked thirty first. Overall, that's that really is so interesting. Weird. We gotta dive. Like, what is so bad? A because that's the thing. It's it's not just like they won the Super Bowl this year. It's back to back Super Bowl yeah. winners. They've been in the Super Bowl like four times in the last five years. So for things <laughs> to be that bad, and this is like the Players Association. This yeah. is the NFLPA. This, this isn't is how they feel. Like this isn't people who don't know. Yeah. These are the the literal inside minds and eyes of the NFL. So, I don't know. It's That's an interesting this little grade so out. It makes me feel better because if the Jets are uh, ranking above the, the Chiefs, then you know what? Maybe we got a shot, maybe. I thought the, the, the Bears are pretty oh, bad and in dysfunction, but 
apparently there's worse things. Although, I will take being ranked 31st if it means they can win back-to-back Super oh, Bowls. I would take that all day long. Oh. Chicago, maybe we should treat them worse. <laughs> we need to go down. <laughs> Let's treat them worse so we can win back-to-back oh, Super God. Bowls. Uh, the Chargers are 30th. The Patriots are 29th overall, and then the Steelers are 28th, rounding out the bottom the five. The are in the bottom five. Right? Let's go. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> but again, maybe we want to be bad because right. the Chiefs the, are the, the Chiefs, the Steelers winner. are always over 500. The Patriots had a dynasty in the last two decades. Oh, okay, so this is one thing. So the Chiefs received low grades as a result of the frustrations by players after ownership had promised to upgrade the out-of-date locker room. Uh, so this is via The Athletic, but it said for a second consecutive year, Clark Hunt and the Kansas and Kansas City didn't make upgrades to the locker room besides replacing the stools players were given to sit on in front of their lockers with chairs with backs on them. <laughs> so the Chiefs players were told there was no time to adequately upgrade the team facilities because their season extended into February due to their Super Bowl run in 2022. I mean, so that's the reasoning. It, but again, it get, it all right. Well, sense. can can we treat uh, yeah, the we bears for, like take all of that nice stuff out? Away. Let's go. Is that going to be motivating or something for the players if they're like like slumming put in, it? Put them in a classroom like they're back in high <laughs> yeah. school. Make make the bears players slum it so that maybe that'll inspire them to win a Super Bowl. I don't know. Oh, that's it's God. just crazy. So, um, <laughs> that's just, I just cannot. It's such a funny list. <laughs> But at the end of the day, it's the people who know. You would think that like, because we talk about, you know, being in a good mental space, right? Being like, despite not having a lot of resources, you know what? If we're all like striving for the same goal, like you're just, you feel better. And so it's interesting to like, as a player that have, has been part of a team, if you are, have been part of the team that has won the back to back Super Bowls and you still are like, the locker room sucks. (laughs) That's what I get. I... I don't even know. I, I don't. I don't even know. It's such a weird. I don't even think complaint is the right word. Like it's criticism. I don't know. Is strange. Strange. Oh my gosh. Uh, we got to step aside. But there, I just saw another fun tidbit. So uh, we'll keep talking about these player NFLPA uh, report cards when we come back. Get to close it out on Wake Up in the Den. Wake up in the den with Kule Agbayani on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760. Oh my gosh, this is so fun. <laughs> Looking over these NFL PA report cards. Again, these are um, given by the players themselves, so they are in the facilities and you know are going to work every day and whatnot um, so this is interesting um it's it's not all the players by the way i just want to pre- preface that it's a little over 1700 of the players across the 32 teams um that have a say in this report card but i mean that's, that's good like because then you get somewhat of a fair um evaluation i think but so we were talking about some of the lower grades so just to recap the overall um, best scores were given to the Dolphins, Vikings, Packers, Eagles, and Jags. Meanwhile, the overall lowest scores were given to the Commanders, Chiefs, Chargers, Patriots, and Steelers. Uh, one of the things that I was going to mention is that just because when we're talking about Kansas City and um, 
players ranked them so low because of the facilities and no upgrades when Clark Hunt said that or the Kansas City said they couldn't upgrade because the team played through February because of the Super Bowl and then the turnaround time to get into the new uh, facility or whatnot. So Paul and I were joking like, well, we want to trade. We want to have our team slum it so they can win back to back Super Bowl. So I just thought that's funny about players saying it was so bad considering that, oh, well, one back to back Super Bowls. And then I look over at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they received an F on team travel, largely because players with four seasons or less and non-starters have to have roommates on road trips and are charged $17.50 per player if they decide their if they desire their own room. <laughs> you get to fly in a charter plane and everything, and I'm sure they get really, really nice hotels, but it's like, oh. You know, if I'm a player that isn't a veteran player or I don't start, so hence I, hey, I'm just going to tell you straight up, you're not as important and they don't care about your rest and relaxation as much as the starters. And yeah, I mean, hey, you got to have a roommate, like deal with it. So it's just it's, funny to like, it oh, is th- such a simple little ask <laughs> and for that to be like a huge thing. I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> uh, it also says, what was the other one I saw where, um, Commanders, as we know, ranked among the worst under their previous owner, Daniel Snyder. But now we'll see how if they improve under Josh Harris. The Dallas Cowboys dropped from 5th to 12th with French frustrations over limited resources and understaffed tr- and understaffed training staff causing the drop in player satisfaction. So that's kind of interesting. I think if it has to do with your training staff, then that's a legitimate um, complaint because that that's your body that's your well-being being like that's what you got to do to keep in shape and work every day make sure everything's good to go uh one of the greatest areas of concern for players is the adequate resources and staffing of the training rooms so many teams are short staffed uh oh this is another one we talked about the Bengals uh being graded kind of bad so they ranked among the worst in terms of cafeteria grades in 2023 because meals weren't provided throughout the day. A year later, the team began offering three meals a day on Wednesdays, but still has a ways to go before players feel adequately cared for. I wonder. I, mean, I get that. Fair. I get that wholeheartedly. I think. I think as a professional team, you should provide meals every day during the season or anytime you're like training. Um, or the you meet preseason together. training, yeah. the practice stuff. Like, yeah, you should be providing I mean, that's, meals. That's like a college thing. Yeah. Like, I, I see that happen for yeah. college players all the time. Like, not just here, but like everywhere that I have been, I've seen that. Happen. Oh, no, I remember like that Alabama documentary and the kids are yeah. like eating steaks and they just go and eat whatever they want, like full buffet and everything. So, yeah, you're telling me that college team can provide this for their players, but not an NFL team. So, I get that. Think Again, about the billionaires, it, it, Koo. <laughs> Think about their pockets. <laughs> uh, taking a look at our personal teams, the Bears, um, they got... Their 10th overall. Treatment of families, C+. Food cafeteria, C. Nutritionist, dietitian, C+. Locker room, A-. Training room, B+. That's good. Training staff, B. Weight room, A. Strength coaches, B+. Team travel B, head coach B, owners B plus, not bad. Looks a lot like my report card back in the day. <laughs> the Jets, I 
it's funny. They they're twenty first overall. I expect them to be way worse because of all the what seems to be dysfunction coming out during this off season right now. But the head coach being graded a B and the ownership being rated a B minus was a little surprising for me in terms of like I thought it was better than I thought it would be. I really like Robert Sala, mm-hmm. so I was glad to see that. I wish the grade was even better, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes further on. Once again. These grades don't matter at all. Yeah. Because the back-to-back Super Bowl champions are 31st. But see, at least it kind of made up for itself with Kansas City because Kansas City tied for first with the Detroit Lions and Vikings in terms of head coaching grades. So that is understandable. Andy Reid, Dan Campbell, Kevin O'Connell all received A-plus grades. So at least the players understand that part and they just want to be taken care of a little bit more. No surprise, the lowest grade was to Josh McDaniels, former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. No surprise there. So for the most part, it seems pretty true, but that was fun. But we got to go. For Paul Brecht, I'm Kule Agbayani. Mahalo for listening. Bye!